Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning, Bob Sekuller, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you for the next 30 minutes. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. So let's go right to the people here in the studios to say hi. My buddy Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. His direct number is 499-6360. Good to see you, Mr. Crosby. Good to see you, Mr. Sekoler. Also here, Brian O'Rear, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, the number one home team inspection service in the country, and do a great job. And their phone number is 357-0813. Brian O'Rear, good to see you, sir. Good morning, Bob. Thanks. Uh, listen, the latest news just coming in from actually uh, September. It, it's always a little late when we get it, but it's because it, they compile it. Sales of new U.S. single-family homes unexpectedly to them, to us we knew it, rose in September, hitting their highest level in nearly 10 years, offering hope that the housing market was regaining speed after appearing to stall in recent months. The reason it was stalling was because there weren't enough homes on Inventory. the market. Yeah. Yeah. The reason it the new homes are rising, the sales, because there's not enough inventory of resale homes. It makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. The problem that builders are having here and around the country is that they cannot find enough trades to build the homes that bought people want to buy. The plumbers, the electricians, the woodworking guys, and ladies. They, in 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and that whole thing fiasco with the real estate market went into play, uh, they bailed. I mean, they found other jobs they had to do to feed their families. So as a result, now that things are back, the builders, the ones who were able to stick around trying to build, they can't find the trades to build the homes. And what, but I'm also seeing this happening in people who are trying to fix up their homes. If, folks, if you're someone who wants to improve your home and live there, which is great, obviously, but your your contractor, your subcontractor, your GC, your general contractor may be having problems, even you if you're doing it yourself, may be having trouble finding the trades to do the work. and Or they'll tell you they'll be here on a Monday, they don't show up for a couple of Mondays, and then you finally get a hold of them. I'm seeing it happen all over. So. We hear the same thing. Same thing, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a problem. The good news is that now that we're seeing things climb back to what – will soon be hopefully norm that people are getting back in. The thing is, and I, I think this is being seen on a national level, a lot of of teens and people in their 20-year-olds are not pursuing a career in this area of construction, whether plumber, electrician, trade. I think um, one of the national uh, shows that does um, construction or does shows about construction, This Old House, has started a group that they're trying to emphasize training, involvement, careers in this field of construction, which we need. We need people who are willing to do that. So good idea. Anyway, I thought you might be interested in that. Shall we go to the phones? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Good morning, Bob Sekolder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Zach. Yeah. My radon test came in at 35. My buyer walked. Do I have to disclose that? Well, yes. Uh, let's start with uh, radon, colorless, odorless gas, said to be the second leading cause of lung, lung cancer. cancer. Right. The uh, uh, second leading cause next to lung lung cancer. And it, Ryan, there are some people who say it's not a big deal. You say, as an inspector, what? Well, the, the data shows that it is. So it's it's the second leading cause of lung cancer next to cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. Far distant second, so it's not the same as c- smoking cigarettes. But it's really, really easy to mitigate. 
a lot of really good companies out that, around uh, Louisville that can mitigate. Uh, mitigation costs about $1,000, so it's really easy to do. Um, so as far as getting this, 35 is a really high number. The threshold for mitigation uh, is 4.0. It's measured in something called picocuries per liter. 35 is high, but it's it's doable. So Yeah, the highest I've seen was 125, and that was down south of Louisville a number of years ago, and they had to use two systems to mitigate it, yep. but it got it done. I think the big drawback for Zach and for other sellers is he's got a first He's got to get it mitigated, which, again, it's, I see it between eight fifty and 1000 depending upon right. the type of system and whether you have a sealed uh, crock pot already for your sump pump or it has to be put into the concrete. But then once it's sealed and it's mitigated, it then needs to be disclosed. And we turn to Chuck from the legal aspect, explain why this needs to be ex- ex- well, disclosed. Obviously, you know something's wrong with the house or some sort of... Uh, Penalty or not penalties, but damage that could be caused in the future. You know about it. You have to disclose it. Uh, it is, you know, once you've once you're on the hook with the knowledge, you have to give it up. But, but Bob, if they've if they've had it mitigated and the radon level is now below four, uh-huh. it should be good. You know, I think you're right. And I think what we need to point out to anybody who owns a home or is planning on owning a home is that the the fact that it has radon is really no big deal as right. long as it's checked. Yeah. Every and mitigate well fifty percent throughout to some level, but fifty yeah. percent or I think the level is fifty percent of homes, and I know you've got Brian a, kind of an, a map in your mind. Fifty percent of homes have radon. It's the the dangers are if you have it and you don't know it, and you or your kids are in the basement where the where radon uh, exists, and then you're subject to potentially having problems with the cancer. And, yeah, and if, if I could just I'll, I'll do this real briefly. Yeah. But, the uh, it's measured by county, and there are three levels: one, two, and three. Level one is a county that, if more than fifty uh, percent of the homes will have higher than the mitigation threshold, Jefferson County is level one. So, uh, more than fifty percent of the houses tested will be high for radon. That's consistent with our findings. We see about sixty percent end up having high radon levels. So, um, every house will have radon. It's kind of like mold. Mold's ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah. Every house will have radon. It's just that the level. If it's above four, definitely get it mitigated. Okay, uh, and if, for more information, and if you're concerned about uh, radon and mitigation, you can do a search on um, on any Google search for radon. There's a major website from the government, but you can also give me a call. I'll put you in contact with Brian or some of the people who mitigated. Uh, the number is 3765483. That's my direct number. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, seven bogus pricing myths that you as sellers of homes should not fall for. That's coming up in just a bit on News Radio 840 WHS. Back to the phones we go. Good morning. Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Hello. Hey, Bob, this is Steve. Yeah. Hey, I'm thinking about selling my house. Uh-huh. I've got a couple of dogs, and I don't think that my house smells like dogs, but we've had a few friends come over and said that there is a dog odor. So, what can we do to get rid of that smell to get our house ready for sale? Yeah, that's a great question, Steve. The number one thing that we see when um, we walk into a home to. Uh, to show it is dog odors. I mean, that's a concern. Or candles lit to hide potential dog odors. And just so you know, folks, when a, a good buyer agent walks into a home and sees a candle lit, they start sniffing. And not for the scent of the candle. They realize it's it's been lit to cover something. So we suggest to all of our sellers, don't light candles to eliminate a or cover a dog odor or cat odor. You want to eliminate that. So Obviously, with a cat, it's the litter boxes. That's the key item. Of course, if they're spraying, 
we have another problem. So, and help me out, guys, because I know that sometimes it's not just carpet cleaning because, unfortunately, uh, the urine gets through the carpet into the padding and then into the wood, and that creates And the ductwork, too. And the ductwork picks up, so... It's a it's a three or more phase process. You want to consider changing out the carpet to also paint the walls because there could be a smell. You can try cleaning it, um, and then the ductwork as well. And that goes true also for anyone who smokes in the house. Right. Same series. Uh, there are some companies, carpet companies, you can call that say they will get the odor out. But the best thing you can do, Steve, is. Work on this. Get that smell eliminated. And the bigger problem is not just the carpet. It's if it's in the wood, if you've got wood floors, because it can stain the wood floors, but also get through the cracks of the wood and into the subfloor. But it's getting that smell up. But uh, don't te- take your nose uh, for a, a positive or negative check. Bring those friends back over and ask them to the really honestly smell it. Take a sniff, sniff test, because if they still smell it, the buyers are going to smell it. It's going to devalue the home. Right? Just uh, quickly... To let you know, you can see the future of home photography right now. Head to Louisville3D.com to sell your home. You need more than just ordinary pictures. And we take our Sekolar Medley team, we take photography to a whole new level. See it for yourself at Louisville3D.com. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekolar, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Madison. Yeah. Hey, listen, my neighbor just trimmed my tree, and some of my branches were on his side of the property. Shouldn't he have asked me first? Interesting question. I got a feeling, Madison, you are not the only one who has this problem. So Madison's got a house. She's got a tree. The way I interpret it, tree had some branches on a on the on neighbor's side, property, yeah. and the neighbor trimmed her branches on her tree. Problems or no? Not really. If it hangs over onto the other side, then uh, they're pretty well... Uh, able to go ahead and do that. Now, there are other issues relating to that I see more often relating to unhealthy trees. Uh, mm-hmm. If the unhealthy tree is on their side and it looks like in a strong wind it's going to blow down on their house, that's when you have issues. So what, uh, let's let's yeah. map that out for a second. Yeah. So I've got a neighbor. The neighbor's tree looks a little iffy. Maybe it's dying. Mm-hmm. Do I just talk to the neighbor or do I send a registered letter? What do I do? I'd go over and talk to him. Uh, take an apple pie. Uh, <laughs> that's the best way to do it. Be friendly. Your neighbors okay. going to have to live with them later. Going over and telling them, hey, I'm going to sue you from here to uh, eternity isn't going to get you anywhere. Um, but, you know, maybe having uh, a tree guy come out, take a look at it, tell you what kind of shape it is, uh, which direction he thinks it'll fall if it will. Uh, <coughs> yeah. And if they are completely non-responsive, then uh, you know, maybe make a phone call to the city and say, hey, it looks like we've got a dead tree here. And uh, that that is typically the way uh, I have advised it and seems to have some effect. The city will come out and say, hey, tree's dead. You need to fix it. So uh, it- an insurance agent once told me that you should send a registered letter to the owner of the house That's- and say, hey, hi, Chuck, hope everything's going well. I just wanted to let you know I'm concerned about that tree of yours falling on my property and there I just are, wanted to put it in writing. So there are this. always degrees of how you act. Uh-huh. Um, if you kick the door in uh, before you knock on it, well, obviously there may come a point at which someone needs to kick a door in. Mm-hmm. But if knocking on it gets you in, uh, always try that first. Yeah. If nothing is accomplished, then you start upping the ante. Send the letter. Get it registered. Um, you know, is that perfect? No, because how do you know what was sent? You can take a copy of what you stuck mm-hmm. in the envelope, but what if you stuck in yesterday's newspaper? Yeah. I mean, there's always proof issues. It's not a perfect response. 
wants. Uh-huh. But you up the ante. Go over, say, hey, uh, we've got this issue. Uh, if nothing happens, then send a letter saying, hey, we've still got this issue. We need to get something done. If that doesn't work, well, then maybe talk to an attorney. Or if uh, you're pretty certain uh, that there's an issue, call the city. Have them come out and take a look at the tree. As an attorney, you would send a letter to the owner saying, property yeah, saying that's, that's when we, you know, things start upping again. You just keep increasing the heat. And, and I know this may be a little out of line in me asking this of you, but I think it's important to at least the people who are wondering how much does it cost to ask the question. No. Well, I don't know what other attorneys charge, but usually if I'm going to send out a letter, uh, depending on the time and the issues and, mm-hmm. and the the effort to put it together, be anywhere from fifty to one hundred and fifty. Okay, that's reasonable. Because yeah. if you don't know in the mind, you're thinking five hundred, oh, six hundred. Yeah. You know, you don't know. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking. And okay. it just depends on the situation. So a, lo- a lot of things can be resolved well before that. It's just everybody in the neighborhood. I'm thinking about some specific neighborhoods. Uh, they'll go from zero to sixty in one Too quickly. step, yeah. and not only does that create a problem, but everybody you know, digs their heels in. Yeah, I like hearing you say this because we live in a litigious society where many people are ready to take legal action all and, too quickly. And there comes a time yeah. when, that's, when that when is it, necessary. But you're saying... Take an apple pie and say hi. Hey, there you go. I think we've got a problem. Uh, Chuck also does evictions, which we had to send to one of our clients uh, uh, this past week as well uh, to reach Chuck for more of his uh, very calming, uh, soothing education and information. His number is 499 Six zero. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekilder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Anne. Hey. I just sold my home. It was on the market for six months. Uh-huh. The inspection is Tuesday. What actually happens during a home inspection? Is there anything I can do to make sure the inspection goes well? Yep. As a matter of fact, Chuck is here along with Brian to tell you what the ramifications are. But let me also just tell you that we have, if you are um, concerned about home inspection, we have our home team inspection service report on what to expect during an inspection. Send an email to bob at com with the word inspection in the subject line, and we'll send you the report free of charge. Of course, no obligation. So, Brian, let's start on the your side. What happens during an inspection? What are you looking for? You saw me salivating with that call. I sure bob, did, yep. Because um, sellers can really make it uh, uh, a good experience for them uh, and for the inspector as well. Just can make things go a lot more smoothly. Here's the... The, the first thing I would say is make sure that you've got access to everything so that the attic access is clear. They can get into the attic. If there's a crawl space, make sure that there's a, if there's a padlock that it's, that it's open. The inspector needs to be able to access everything. So make sure that everything's accessible. For, also for the seller, I- I- increase your odds. Have the heating and air conditioning, it, if not serviced, I would say have it serviced, cleaned, uh, serviced right before the inspection or shortly before. At least change the filter. We, I can't say how many times we've taken out the filter and it looks like a, a cat was sucked up into oh, it because boy. there's so much junk in there. Mm-hmm. And that obviously uh, tells the inspector, hey, this stuff has not been taken uh, care of very well. So a, a clean, neat, orderly house presents a good appearance to the inspector. It starts off the right foot, uh, good access, and uh, just have things uh, ready. So just out of curiosity, because I think this is a good point, uh, accessible is, is a key word. If you have a lot of stuff in the garage laying against the wall, that creates a problem with your visibility of what's happening with the wall, right? Yeah, that's right. The, the inspector can see what he can see. It sounds really obvious, but um, it's a visual inspection. Inspectors are not required to move personal effects. Some will, and uh, we move a lot so, so that we can get access within reason. 
But if there's a bunch of junk around the side of the uh, the walls in the basement or the garage, and then later on there's a problem, the, the basement leaks or whatever, and the inspector couldn't see it, it's going to come back on the seller. Hey, you know, why did they have this this area obscured? Why why did they put that stuff there? So just make sure that that um, as 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 much as reasonable that that the inspectors are going to be able to see everything. And so let me turn to you, Chuck, because this is you're not going to believe this, but there are people and I see this happening. We've got 20 buyer agents, and we put a request in for an inspection, say from Brian's people, to go to a house and have it inspected. But the seller turns that down, maybe because it's not convenient, whatever the reason. Legally, what does the contract so say? They're, yeah. they're not allowing them to come in? And- yeah, it may be a, wrong, a bad time, or they're not happy about having their home inspected, though they, they their agent should have explained that's part of the contract. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that be acting in bad faith. The contract's very clear. Yeah, you have to give them uh, the right Access. to inspect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. If you prevent that, then you've just pushed out the the time frame. So uh, let's say that I'm the seller and and you're supposed to do your inspections within the first fifteen days. Yeah, if I prevent that, well, then I can't say to you you can't come in because day fifteen has gone by. I'm acting in bad faith. Yeah. So. I don't know where that ends up. If, if if the seller, I've never had this happen, but I'm just wondering if they said, you're not coming in to inspect my home, obviously the deal falls apart. But yeah, I'm sure there could be damages somewhere along the line. I don't know. Okay. Um, the courts look, you know, the whole idea of suing someone for a time, you know, yeah. off the market or, or uh, you know, time that I've been fiddling around when I could have been working, that generally doesn't fly. The courts look for real damages. And real damages mean something I can put a bill to. Mm-hmm. I got you loud and clear. By the way, we're going to take a break. Uh, if you are thinking of selling your home, we have a free no-obligation book that has hundreds of useful tips. You want a copy? Simply send an email, bob at com, and put selling tips in the subject line. Again, free, no obligation. Bob at com and the selling tips in the subject line, and we'll get that out to you immediately, or at least as close to immediately as possible. When we come back, seven bogus pricing myths that sellers should not fall for. In the studios with me, my buddy Chuck Crosby, Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Also, Brian O'Rear, owner of the Home Team Inspection Service. They hire veterans, and they're the number one home team inspection service in the country. And their number is 357-0813. At any time, you can reach me at 376-5483. We can help you sell, and our our 20-plus agents are ready standing by to help you find a home as well. And we need homes to sell because we keep selling the ones we've got. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Hello, everybody. Brian O'Rear with Home Team Inspections, the number one home team inspection business in the entire nation. And team makes all the difference. We bring a team of professionals to inspect each home. Multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough and efficient look at your property. 
Our teams consist of military veterans. They understand the value of professionalism, attention to detail, and going above and beyond to serve your needs. Visit us at hometeam-global.com to schedule your inspection today. Get the team. Get home team. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. When homes are selling fast, who can ensure you'll get the most money for yours? I'm Barbara Corcoran, and I've managed agents who have sold homes for thousands of dollars over list price. The key is to hire the agent with a smart, aggressive marketing plan. In Louisville, no agent sells more homes than Bob Sokolar. His marketing attracts over 1,000 buyers month after month and allows him to put an immediate cash offer on your home and offer flexible fees. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get top dollar for your home. News Radio 840 WHAS. Thank you, Barbara Corcoran, who's my mentor, and I appreciate everything she does for us. And she's right. We've got a very aggressive uh, sale campaign to get you on the market and sold rather quickly. And when I say quickly, I mean quickly. So if you're thinking of not selling it or taking time to sell it over a couple of six months, don't call us. You you don't want it because we'll sell it too quickly. I got a call this week, by the way, from um, a client, potential client, who said, Bob, my house is priced in the lower price range. I mean, we're talking in the hundreds, $100,000. He says, I don't think you'd want to take it on. I said, well, wait a second. That's not true. Here's my belief, folks. I honestly believe that it doesn't matter what price range you are, whether it's in the 50000 or a $1,050,000, you are entitled to the best marketing out there, and there is no house too expensive or too inexpensive for us to take on. So whether it's a $50,000 house, or a million-dollar house, just know we'll give you the same treatment, work as hard as we possibly can to sell it. All right, so there are some myths out there, and there's seven bogus pricing myths that you don't want to ever fall for, whether you own a house now and they're thinking about selling it or just living it, or you're thinking down the road you may be buying a home. When it comes to the most important part of what you own in life, you got to make sure you do things right. So, for example, there's a myth that, it's better to price the home on the high side because the seller can always come down if buyers are interested. That's wrong. It doesn't happen anymore. In past years when there was a really poor market for homes, buyer agents will tell buyers, we'll just make a lowball offer and maybe the seller will take it. These days, the hot, hot homes go fast. Buyer agents are telling the buyers, listen, don't make a lowball offer because you're going to insult the seller. So you'll never get an offer, period. That's why you don't want to go lowball. Or, or price it too high and expect a low ball. If your home is priced, this is myth number two, if your home is priced just right, the seller risks leaving money on the table. Actually, the opposite is true. A well-priced home tends to generate a lot of interest and can result in multiple offers, meaning that you net more money. Here's another myth. The price gets better with time. If it doesn't sell this time, the seller will get a better price by relisting next spring, next summer. And it's been said before, the answer is, It needs to be said again, a home that sits is not like fine wine. It does not get better with time. The longer a home stays on the market, the more likely buyers are to question 
its value. What's wrong? Why didn't it sell last time? And that information is easily accessible to any agent who has access to our multiple listing service. Here's another myth. X price is as low as the seller will go. No, that's not true. When faced with an offer that is less than what they want, sellers love to draw a line in the sand and dig their heels in over an arbitrary number that they deem to be their bottom line. But who decides ultimately what the property is worth? Well, buyers see the glass half empty. Sellers may see it half full. Believe it or not, it's appraisers who will ultimately determine the price. So you never know. And as as this home sits on the market, sellers, especially going into these months, colder months, winter months, they may take a lower offer if it, regardless of what the price is. So don't be afraid, even in this market where it's a fairly hot market, to make a lower offer. An offer should, here's another myth, offer should come in close to asking price. And true, you can insult the seller very easily by doing a low-ball offer, as I just mentioned. But the bottom line is, if you never try, you'll never find out. So make that offer. Outdated features shouldn't impact the selling prices. Another myth, that's wrong. Anything that is comparable in price needs to have the same type of fixtures, appliances as the neighbor's home that has sold for more money. So you can't expect a 1990s circa home with ugly cabinets or beat-up cabinets, beveled-edged laminate countertops to sell for the same price at homes that have got uh, granite or including uh, uh, stainless steel appliances. Finally, the buyer's offer is simply too far off the asking price to counter. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I always tell our sellers, never let the deal die on our side of the table. Even if the offer is low, go back with maybe your bottom line because you never know if the buyer is just testing the water. So those are some myths to, to remember. In the studios with us, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices, 499-6360, and Brian O'Rear, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 357-0813. And you can reach me anytime at 376-5483. Back to the phone we go. Good morning, Bob Sikoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, Bob. This is Savannah. Yeah. I just moved into my house six months ago, and I discovered some stains coming through the ceiling mm. on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Was this an attempt of the seller to, like, disguise a leaking problem or something? And what course do I have towards them or the agent or whatever? All right, let's start with Brian. So first, you want to look at the inspection to see if there are any signs of sure. that being reported, right? Yeah, it's a really good point, Bob. Uh, the inspectors will hopefully be looking at every square inch of the ceiling. They'll look at the roof, they'll look in the attic, and then they're looking at the ceiling with a high-powered flashlight. They're looking for staining. Uh, staining doesn't necessarily mean there's an active leak, but any staining they'll probably note just to let you know, keep an eye on that. So the trouble sometimes is if it has been recently painted, yep. um, then the clues may not be there. And so if the clues aren't there, the inspector's yep. not going to be able to point it Especially out. Especially if it's painted with kills, which does right. a good job of hiding stains. Yeah, and they do it in, on, on purpose. And yep. Now, sometimes, I would say not always is somebody trying to do something nefarious. It may be that they think they've uh, fixed whatever the issue is, and then they're trying to, to paint over it. You don't know. So I'd say don't jump to conclusions, but mm-hmm. just investigate. Now, Chuck, from a legal standpoint, what are we looking at in terms of if there's actual evidence that they've tried to hide a stain. Well, as Brian points out, what if they did have a, a leak, uh, roofs leak occasionally, flashing goes bad or isn't there or whatever, and, and leaks occur, so did they fix it and then did they paint over it? Uh, it would, in my mind, uh, be relevant to look for, is it an active leak? If it's fixed and it just happens to be there, well, 
you know, that's not such a big deal. If it's an active leak, an active problem that they've been trying to cover up, well, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's misrepresentation. It could be fraud. It just depends on how big the deal is. Uh, clearly, that's something you need to call an attorney about right off. But uh, when somebody calls me about that, what I usually uh, want to know is, did you have some guy go out there? Did you find out what caused the leak? Has there been any attempt to fix it? Uh, and that sort of thing. All right. And then you have one year from the date that you find out about it right. or notice it to when report you know it. Known. Yeah, contact the attorney, contact yeah. your agent. And get the things rolling in in your favor. Right. All right. We are out of time, but this show goes fast. My thanks to Chuck Crosby, Crosby Law Offices, 499-6360. They not only do closings, and you can pick the attorney you want to close your loan, and Chuck does a great job. They do a lot of other things, including wills and, of course, evictions, as we've talked about. And Brian O'Rear, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, at 357-0813. If you need to get in contact with me to sell a house or to help buy a house we are here for you 24 7 at 376-5483 we hope to see you next sunday right here on news radio 840 whas